You know, when I look out here, I see a big crowd of people, but I can't really see into your hearts or read your thoughts. But I would suppose that there are some among you who kind of get this Christianity thing, right? You know this Jesus guy, and you know him as your Lord and Savior, you know him as true God. But I would also suppose that there just might be some of you who are still searching, still seeking, not really sure that Christianity is what it's all made out to be, maybe seeking spirituality, but not really sure that Christianity is the answer. Now, I know that most of the times when pastors get up and preach sermons, they address them to those Christians who kind of already get it, but I don't want to do that this morning. I'd like to just take a few moments this morning and talk to those of you who maybe aren't so sure, don't see it as clearly. And the first thing I want to do is this. I want to say, I apologize. I apologize on behalf of all Christians everywhere because I think that we've given you the wrong impression of who we are and what we're about. And I think we've done so because we think a bit too highly of ourselves. And so I'm sorry. Let me show you what I mean. A long time ago, there was this guy named Paul. We know him as the Apostle Paul because, well, he was one of the first Christian missionaries, and he went all around the known world at that time preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And when he couldn't actually be somewhere, he'd write a letter. And so he writes this letter to a church in the city of Corinth. Now, we have copies of that letter, and that's actually what we find in our Christian Bible. And we believe that what Paul said a long time ago is still important and applies to us today. Now, we just read a portion of that. You just saw it up on the screen. And in that, Paul speaks of a treasure that all Christian believers have. And I want to talk to you about that treasure this morning. But before I do that, I want to highlight something else that he says. He says, we Christians are vessels, jars, um, buckets that hold this treasure. And here's the problem, and this is why I need to apologize to you this morning. We often would have you believe that Christianity is all about the jars and the buckets and how wonderful they are. You see, you seek to figure out what Christianity is all about, and we we place ourselves before you as kind of like these metal buckets. Now, I love this metal bucket. We bought this 15 years ago. For those of you who don't know me, I have five kids, and they are monsters. (laughs) They've destroyed everything in my household. But despite their best efforts, they have yet to destroy this metal bucket. It is strong and durable. I tell you, my family's had this bucket for so long. We've moved all around the world, and this bucket has come with us, and it's none the worse for wear. In addition to that, it's also solid. You can take a hammer to this thing, and this thing will not break. We've used it to water our gardens. We've used it to give water to goats. We've used it as a stool to sit on. We've used it to wash cars. It's a solid, reliable bucket. And what's more, this bucket, despite what you do... That bucket won't break. Can I have my bucket, please? That bucket won't break. You can... 
you can kick that bucket, it won't break. And that's why it survived for 15 years in my family. And now if you look at this bucket, look real closely at that bucket, you'll see that it's still shiny and it's still bright. And if you look at it really well, you'll, know, you'll notice some decorations on that thing. It's actually quite beautiful, and that's after 15 years. So we as Christians, we proudly present ourselves before you as bright, shiny, strong, durable metal buckets. But when we do that, we turn Christianity into a sales pitch. And me and my life become what you're buying. And because of that, I'm sorry. I apologize to you this morning because that's not what Christianity is about. And that's not what Paul says in the few verses that we read. He says clearly in verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Now you have to understand that at Paul's time, everyone had jars of clay. They were like cheap, generic plastic cups, if you will. They were a dime a dozen. And people took little care of them. They were perhaps something... Like this. Now, I know that's not a jar. That's a flower pot. But I couldn't find a clay jar here in California on short notice. So use your imagination. But this is, a, is the poor shape that these clay dirt vessels can get into. You know, fragile, weak, worn out, frail. And what is more... They break really easily, shatter into hundreds of pieces. That, that is more like what a Christian is. So once again, for those of you who are looking at Christianity from afar, I have to say I'm sorry. You see, Christianity may not be the glorious affair that you thought it was, at least not at first glance. Because at first glance, that's what you're going to see. Fragile, weak, worn out, frail, often broken vessels were torn apart from the outside, persecuted and struck down, mocked and ridiculed. We get sick just like you. And we're also hard-pressed from the inside. We're beset from te- by temptations of all shapes and sizes, just like you. You'll find among us recovering and struggling drug addicts and alcoholics and adulterers and murderers and gluttons and liars. These are not proud badges that we wear. Far from it. They are the scars and wounds of a sinful and broken people living in a sinful and broken life. So here we are, fragile, weak, worn out, frail, often broken vessels. And I can imagine how humiliating this must appear to you. And it's no wonder that you're asking, why, why would God choose such frail, flimsy trash to carry his great treasure? Paul gives us an answer to that in the second half of verse 7. He says, listen to this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay in order to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. 
You see, we are flimsy clay pots, easily broken, so that when you look, you might not see us, but you might see the treasure inside. And the treasure is this. The cross of Christ. Did you notice that the cross was hidden until the pot was shattered? We must become hidden so that the treasure inside becomes unhidden. And this treasure is simply this, the good news message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Now you may be seeking and searching for spirituality, looking for perhaps something that's greater than you in this broken world. But my friends, all I have to offer you this morning is the spirituality of this cross. That's it. But it's a spirituality for real people living in a real world. It's not, it's not about trying to get to heaven, climbing to heaven. It's not about trying to find the God inside of you. It's not about playing mind games. It's not about philosophical musings. And it's not about pursuing the ethical life. It's not about living apart from those around you. It's not based on visions and dreams. It's not karma, enlightenment, or yin-yang. It's not about escaping. It's not about facades like this metal bucket. But rather, it's about living real life. It's about being real. And it's about a real person whose name is Jesus Christ. And he was God. You see, we don't have to climb to heaven because he humbled himself and he came down and he was born as a tiny baby just like you. And he lived a real life in this real broken world just like you. However, there, there is a difference. You see, he was the powerful, eternal, sinless, perfect God. And yet at the young age of 33, he was captured, beat, tortured, and he was hung on a cross, crucified. And the Apostle Paul tells us that the reason that happened is because he took the brokenness of the world and he placed it on his shoulders along with any punishment that you and I might deserve. And this cross, this cross reminds us of that. But if that's all it reminds us of, then the message is still incomplete. And frankly, my faith is in vain and it's utterly worthless. Because you see, that cross is empty. And the emptiness of that cross reminds us that Jesus Christ didn't stay dead. But he rose from the grave. Can you believe that? But Paul says that over 500 people, 500 witnesses saw him after his resurrection. He died to save you. And he rose from the dead that you might know that he won the victory for you. But how will you know unless someone tells you? Now, if I were God, I'm not. But if I were God, I know whom I would choose to be messengers. I would choose angels. You know, I can just see it right now. An angel appears before you. Behold, Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Believe upon him. You know, the angel would be like all in (laughs) angelic-like, bright and shiny with wings and would never be persecuted because he'd be so powerful and so strong and he'd never go bald. 
never grow old, never get sick, never die, because he'd be immortal. He'd be strong and durable and shiny and bright, you know, just like that bucket. The funny thing is, is that God didn't choose angels, but God chooses fragile, weak, worn out, frail, often broken vessels like me and perhaps like some of those around you. For you see, a bright and shiny angel knows no pain, knows no suffering, knows no fear, knows no temptation, and knows no death. But we, flimsy vessels that we are, we do. We know what it's like to weep, to be in agony, to to fear, to doubt, to be sorely tempted, to fall sick, and God knows to be touched by death. And I would venture to guess that you also know what it's like. We know what it's like to be broken in a broken world, and I would also think that you probably know that same thing. And so, my friends, you may find scandalous some of the things that I've shared with you this morning. You know, the Son of God dying on a rough wooden cross and fragile, weak, worn-out, frail, often broken vessels as his chosen messengers. And you may decide that this Christianity thing is just not the thing for you. However, on the other hand, you may realize how surpassingly powerful this good news message is for those whose lives are often broken and bent out of shape. I sincerely hope it's the latter. For God died also for you.